0: I'm grateful to your pastor, Father Richard, for inviting me to come and celebrate this Vigil Mass with you. Yes, even though it's been four years since I've left our Lady Mount Carmel, we still do carry a friendship, even though we poke a lot of fun at each other. I really don't have much to say about him in this homily, but I'm sure if there was um, A real desire from the congregation, I could sure tell a story or figure something out to share with you. So we find in the gospel today, we set this scene, St. Paul sets, or St. Paul, St. Luke sets this scene in the gospel of seeing that there's a great number of people following Jesus. These people have encountered him, they've seen the miracles Jesus has performed, he's healed the sick, he's been persecuted in conversations. People have taken on to what he has said and there's some that were obstructive to him, not willing to take that leap of faith and follow him because they wanted to carry on their own selfish ways, their own lifestyles. And so we see in the Gospel today St. Luke is saying, painting this picture of in this journey, in these travels with Jesus, there were great crowds of people It kind of makes me envision from the movie Forrest Gump when Forrest starts beginning, for no purpose at all, to begin running for no reason at all, which I find to be ridiculous. And when he starts running, he starts out all by himself. And as he continues his journeys and his travels, he turns around every so often and he sees more people following him. And then at the very end, there are loads of people that have followed him now clearly for no purpose at all they wondered why are you running and he says I just felt like running well this race in life that we call discipleship our race to heaven to be saints isn't one that we say well I just felt like it because it was a good feeling that leaves us empty and that's, a, that's, a, that's a really a result of the secular world that wants to try to say, you know, having a, being a disciple, being faithful to Jesus, suppressing my own feelings because maybe it's because it feels good or because maybe something the church says or the church's teaching, I'm, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to follow, I'm not all in. I get disgruntled by it. Well, the Lord's not saying, well, then you're on the outside, But rather, it's a journey to him, to understand the wisdom of the church. Because it is a a relationship between us, you and me, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a reality that he has come into our lives because there was a fracture in the relationship between humanity and the Father. And so, Jesus, through the Incarnation, comes into our lives to be able to restore what was fractured. Because in the beginning, we recognize that we are created as beloved sons and daughters of the Father. And in the opening prayer of Mass, known as the Collect, the the Collect directs us, our prayer, at the entrance of the Mass. And so the Collect reads about addressing adopted those who are received as adopted beloved sons and daughters, that we may we may experience we may experience the true freedom for an everlasting inheritance well what obstructs us from that true freedom sin a life apart from god selfish desires my own wants my willingness to not be all in in this journey of discipleship so we see this journey that all of these crowds of people are following Jesus. And, they, and he turns to them, and he gives them three reasons to follow him. Three reasons to be his disciple. And he says, firstly, if anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Well, that sounds pretty crude. You're saying to me that the fourth commandment, is to love, uh, on, love and honor our father and mother. Jesus is saying, hate his father and mother. Well, we have to look at this and see. In the Hebrew, what hate means is to put into second place, in second order. So what Jesus is saying here is, love me above all things and everything else, even father and mother, brother and sister, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even your own life. Secondarily, Second challenge, he says whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Thirdly, he says any of you who does, not, who does not renounce his own possessions cannot be my disciple. Brothers and sisters, this gospel passage is about the cost of discipleship. What the Lord is asking us, how are are we going to be all in or not? There was a student one time who graduated high school, spent his first semester, first year at a community college, and really had this burning desire to go to Purdue. Must have been just a wise person to want to go to Purdue. And so there was this ardent desire in that second semester. The first semester was kind of rocky love the social life, the freedom, the worldly freedom of my parents can't tell me when to come home anymore. I can go visit friends at other campuses. I can study here and there. No one's going to care if I go to class. The second semester, he really wanted to go to Purdue, but he knew there was certain, certain parameters that he needed to meet in order to go and make that journey. And so he knew that he had to get better grades. He knew that he had to buckle down and develop a routine study habits. He knew he had to put things in priority to be able to fulfill that goal. Well, lo and behold, that goal became a reality because of his fervent desire and passion to fulfill that goal. Now, that story may, have, may or may not be the story of my journey to Purdue, but I made it. And I graduated. And I'm proud to be a (laughs) Boilermaker. But the question there was, am I all in or not? I knew that the goal was to get to Purdue. But I knew it was going to take a lot of work to make that a reality. And so the question flashing in my mind was, am I all in and committed to this or not? Because if not, the reality was, I was going to have to probably stay at IU. (laughs) But the reality was that goal would not be fulfilled. And so I think it plays into our life with the Lord. And this cost of discipleship is that Jesus is asking us, are you all in or not? Are you all in or not? Because everything about our faith is about an experience of true freedom. And in its experience, to, to have that fulfilled goal of an eternal inheritance in heaven. None of that's guaranteed, but it is a journey and it is a cost of discipleship. So, is it a cost to see that? Am I willing to put things in my life that I have prioritized right now, relationships and things like that, secondarily and put Jesus Christ as first and foremost? If I'm all in, then I should say yes. And if my answer is yes, what am I doing to make him the primary goal in my life? By making him primary in my life, I'm then able to love my mother and father, my spouse, my children, my brother priests, my friends, my own life. It is making that priority a necessity, and making it rest and, and, and and taking an evaluation to say, where is my relationship with Jesus? And if I think it's in its infancy, okay. We'll recognize our life with the Lord is like a spiritual muscle. I can't go out right now and run a half marathon. Neither can Father Richard. He probably can't even run a 5K because <laughs> his dog used to pull him along. <laughs> but if our life is like a spiritual muscle, then i got to be able to assess what's the reality of my relationship with Jesus Christ right now. If my goal is to pray a rosary, my goal is to pray an entire rosary, which is a beautiful journey, a Bible study in and of itself, because you're, 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 you're contemplating the mysteries and the life of our Lord. So if the goal is to pray a rosary, but I'm not praying a daily rosary right now, well then don't make a spiritual goal that says, I'm going to pray a daily rosary every day, because what's going to happen? I'm going to fail. But if our life with the Lord is seen as a spiritual muscle, then take it into sections and see that I'm going to have to make some cost in my life to be able to put Jesus first. I'm going to have to put my phone down. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, turn the TV off. I'm going to have to not go on a shopping excursion. I'm going to have to do all sorts of things That are going to that that distract me from being able to focus on that primary goal of making Jesus primary in my life. Second of all, we all have hardships. We all have family dysfunctions. I have interior dysfunctions individually. We have problems at work, within our family, at school. All sorts of things, and they distract us all the time. They're probably distracting some of you right now. Well the Lord understands that. And these are terrible crosses in our lives. Whether it might be a disrupted and a difficult or fractured marriage, or maybe it's someone in your family who has has you know you haven't seen in a long time, or there's a rift in the relationship. Maybe there's a sudden death or tragedy of a spouse, of a family member, or someone you've loved. Whatever it may be. The Lord knows that, and He wants to share in that. And those are the crosses that the Lord speaks of. And we must carry those up, those suffering experiences, because what the world wants us to do is saying, don't think about it. Don't think about the suffering. Don't think about that hardship. Don't think about what's next. Just let it go. Don't think about it. Because if you don't think about it and sweep it under the rug, it doesn't exist. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't work. You and I both know that doesn't work, and that's the deceit of the evil one because he doesn't want us to face those suffering experiences because when we face those suffering experiences, we take those crosses on and say, the Lord loves me in the midst of this, and he wants to show me what it means to suffer. And so when I take those experiences on and don't say, oh, poor me then I recognize that that's the depth of the love that Jesus has for me because he came into our lives to repair what was fractured. Because in the very beginning, God created you and me very good. It wasn't okay. God didn't create you and me okay. God wasn't partially in in this whole idea or business of creating and saying, oh, we're kind of an afterthought. No. God created humanity man and woman, and his image and likeness, and he created us very good. And that disruption of that goodness is sin from Adam and Eve. But God wasn't going to keep that relationship separated. So he sends his son into the world to the incarnation to redeem and restore what was fractured, to bring us back to that original goodness. And the Lord asks us, Come, follow me. Will you follow me? Are you all in? experience my mercy. Mercy is the form of love that enters into our misery. So the church equips us as disciples to be faithful. You know, if you're in a marriage, fidelity is everything. Any vocation. Fidelity is everything. When you give your life selflessly into that vocation, fidelity is everything. And Jesus wants us to be all in. And the church equips us with every tool to be all in. First and foremost, we come to this holy sacrifice of the Mass because Jesus becomes present before us, body, blood, soul, and divinity. It is that, it is that remembrance of that representation, where Christ sustains us for the entire journey, and he is with us until the end of the age. This is how Jesus is with us, He is with us substantially present in every Catholic church to come to him, to adore him, and to receive him with the pure heart. He comes to us in the sacrament of reconciliation where we receive the restorative grace that brings us back to that original goodness because there's no sin too great that keeps us apart from the Lord. But we come humbly back to the Lord saying, Lord, the sin is not who I am and it's not who I want to become. Restore me into that original goodness. And the mercy of God, which is the form of love that enters into our misery, does so. Because he enters into those deep, dark areas of my life that even you and I don't want to go. Lastly, if any of you does not renounce all your possessions, you cannot be my disciple. We live in a materialistic world. It's a struggle. Because we see all of these ads pop up on our screens or in our mail. We see all of these billboard signs. We want more and more and more. And that isn't an empowerment for success. As a disciple, we don't need all of these things to gain heaven. I look at St. Paul. I've been reading a little bit of St. Paul and his letters to Timothy lately. And in 2 Timothy, there's a mentoring going on between St. Paul and Timothy. So St. Paul is imprisoned. And he, he recognizes something in Timothy. And as, in this mentored relationship, it is what we also see in our lives that it's also important for us as disciples to be discipling other people, to passing on the faith, to allowing them to understand, to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ, who is a real person. So St. Paul is mentoring Timothy in his letters from prison. Now could you imagine Timothy? He's probably thinking, Paul... I don't want, I know you're in prison, I don't want that. And St. Paul is writing him, and he's saying, I charge you, Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who judges all the living and the dead. He says, I I challenge you to preach the word, to be urgent, no matter what the season, or what what the rebuke, or what the cost may be. He says, For there is a time coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. Here's the challenge As for you, always be steady. Endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Brothers and sisters, that is the cost of discipleship to be all in and to look to the saints who have gone before us who endured those sufferings, knowing that carrying that cross is worth it. On Monday, St. Teresa of Calcutta, it's her feast day, known to many of us as Mother Teresa, and she was an outstanding example of what it means to live a life of radical discipleship, placing God first, embracing the strength of the cross, and following the path of Christ. St. Teresa of Calcutta said, Why must we give ourselves fully to God? Because God has given himself to us. If God, who owes nothing to us, is ready to impart to us no less than himself, shall we answer with just a fraction of ourselves? To give ourselves fully to God is a means of receiving God himself. I for God and God for me. I live for God and give up my own self and in this way induce God to live for me. Therefore, to possess God, we must allow him to possess our soul.